This might be my absolute favorite ADHD resource so far this year. And I did speak about it earlier. And the only reason it's not higher, because it's about one thing and one thing only. It's about reading. I am reading so much because of it. That is the Kindle. I started using it not even two months ago, and I've read five books completely, and I have another three that are almost done. Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. I am Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 172 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter over at tracyoutsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. In the thousands of ADHD women that I've had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something. Not one. And guess what? That includes you. So before we start today's podcast, I'd like to share a few podcast reviews, this time from our listeners that are not in the United States. Um, Again, I really want to acknowledge you for taking the time to write your reviews. I know that none of us have enough time, right? And so I appreciate you immensely. They really do help to spread the word so that we can reach even more women with ADHD. Okay, so now let's do a review from someone outside of the United States. Let's go with Kelly Universal Honest Coach from the United Kingdom. And her review is titled, Motivated Me for a Bit of Exercise Daily. Thank you, Tracy. You nailed it. I've never been keen on any exercise, but I know it's important, but I don't get it, especially if it comes to doing it daily. But after I heard your podcast number 169, I guess that was the podcast all about how exercise is so important for our ADHD brains. So she goes on to say, I have no choice but to do it, basically after hearing podcast number 169. I also like that you said, do what you like and keep doing it. It's so true. My ADHD is quite new. 
but I was more aware that I might have it. Finally, my GP referred me to start the diagnosing process, which will take two years to start. Oh my gosh. But it's something. Until then, I really need more help like yours to keep my ADHD, I guess she means working for me. Thank you again. Love your honesty and your benevolent gestures to uplift us all. Yes, we are awesomely special. Aren't we though, Kelly? Absolutely. The more I meet ADHD women, the more I don't want to be around anyone else but ADHD women. Okay. And then let's see. Um, Astrid Bourne from the United Kingdom. I know Astrid. Thank you so much, Astrid. She's in RAOK right now. And her title is Tracy, You're Literally Changing Generations. Tracy, you're such a gift and literally changing generations. I always wondered why I'm so different and put it down to my personality type, being mixed race, having had trauma, etc. Since I started listening to you, I not only have the answers for myself, but also for my relationship with my mom and my ex, who is brilliantly smart who both seem to have very poorly managed ADHD. Since it's funny how we all kind of hang out with each other at times, right? Since discovering I have ADHD and potentially dyslexia and learning how to tap into my superpowers while finding ways for the boring things my brain refuses to get engaged in, like cleaning, playing, paying bills, etc., I feel empowered as a parent. I always understood my girls and embraced their energy and craziness and never apologized for it. I mean, I knew where they got it from, but now I feel I can be a much better parent and I have the knowledge and tools to support them throughout life. Isn't that huge? Tracy, I cannot thank you enough for changing my life by giving me the knowledge, answers, and tools that not only benefit me as a person, but more importantly, my children and everyone who has to deal with us i.e. friends, family, etc. Anyway, thank you so much again, Astrid. And after reading that review, I realized I owe you a response. So I am making a note right now so that I do that because see, I still forget things too, right? Out of sight, out of mind. And um, I remember I talked to you on Friday. I'm recording this on a Monday thinking, I'll get to it on Monday and I forgot to write it down. So write those things down. Okay, so let's start. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, today what I'm going to be doing is sharing my favorite ADHD hacks and resources. They have literally changed my life. Some of them I have mentioned before because they're still on my favorite list, but many of them I have not. I would say these uh, resources have changed my productivity, both professionally and personally. So my level of productivity. And I'm going to tell you why they make a different, big difference to my brain and why I think they'll make a big difference to your ADHD brain. Some of them are very obvious, but every time I mention them, I discovered that there are women who have never heard of them. So I have to keep them on my list. And I know that many of you um, have come into our family later on. So if I didn't talk about this resource, but, you know, two years ago, of course, you're not going to know about it. So I'm going to bring them up again because I don't think I can talk about it enough. So first of all, you need to know before I start that I use Apple products. Seven or so years ago, 
I was so angry about something Apple did. It was probably another human rights violation that I had read about. And so I changed everything. I got rid of all my Apple products and I went to this big Android phone. I don't know if you all remember, it was called a Note. And I went to a Microsoft laptop and I literally lasted a month. It was such a disaster. It just wasn't as intuitive for me. And I could never find anything. Nothing synced. I knew all my Apple products, right? And it's not like I haven't used, I had a Dell computer for years before I moved over to Apple. So I don't know what was going on with my brain, but it was just not working for me. And my family was still on Apple everything. So nothing connected. It was such a mess. And so what I did is I slinked back and I ended up having to return the PC and the Android phone that I bought. And I ended up having to buy an all new MacBook Pro and an iPhone. So when I'm speaking about these resources that have changed my personal and professional productivity, I am often talking about Apple resources, Apple applications. However, most of these resources also have some sort of Android PC Windows option. So if I know what that is, I will mention it. If I don't mention it or I say, I don't know what would be the, you know, the comparable and you find the comparable, would you please contact me and let me know so that I can put that in my notes? Because I need you to know that what works for me may not work for you. You may have tried Apple products and think, oh my gosh, what are they talking about? I hate this. I love my Android. I love my, what's the watch called? I can't remember it, but I'm going to be talking about it. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy. Isn't that the watch? I love my Samsung Galaxy. There's no way that I'm going to go to, you know, an Apple product. And I'm not here to make you shift or switch. I'm just here to tell you this is what I use. So when you're listening to what I'm saying, just take that into account. And again, I am certain that most of these options have an Android PC Windows option. Okay, so let's start with the first app, which I know you've heard me talk about a lot. And I'm kind of going in order of importance, um, but you know how that goes too. The order of importance can shift or change depending on what I'm doing on that particular day and what's important to me, right? What I'm trying to get done and I can't get done. And I just think of, oh my gosh, I've got this Bear app. This is the best thing ever. So I'm starting with the Bear app. Now, again, you've heard me rave about that Bear app a lot. It remains my number one favorite ADHD resource. I have converted so many people to bear because I can't stop raving about it. My very linear brained husband, he's a banker. He got so sick of me talking about it and telling him he had to try it that he finally did. And now he can't stop talking about it either. He uses it as well. It is the best app I have ever used to organize my life. I no longer lose information ever. And I don't get anything for telling you about the Bear app. It's just because I really believe in it. So I put everything in the Bear app. Prior to the Bear app, I would save things in my phone contacts. Yeah, ridiculous, right? And inevitably, it would all get wiped out when I upgraded my phone. After that, I started using Apple Notes and it was pretty good, but everything had to be stores and stored in files, which for my brain that can't remember things, that is kind of a nightmare. Like, what file did I put that in? So why do I love Bear App for storing information so much? Well, number one, if aesthetics are important to you, they're very important to me. 
Bear is so much prettier, cleaner. It's actually a really beautiful application. Now, you used to only be able to choose between a black theme, a white theme, or a solarized theme, which was kind of cream in color. Now there are all kinds of themes, all kinds of colors. To be honest, I didn't even look at them because I'm using my um, white theme. That's what just makes me happy. And so I'm not even going to look at what they have because I could spend, you know, a whole day going down that rabbit hole. So the way my brain works, simple, beautiful, good design, it just calms it down. Clutter and poor design makes me literally focus on the clutter and the poor design, and I cannot get past it to get the work done, whatever it is that I need to get done. Why else do I love the Bear app? And I would say this is the main reason I love the Bear app. In Bear, I can search for anything. Get this. There are no folders. I used to have trouble finding things because I couldn't remember what folders or file I put them in. So... I started to put it in a bunch of files, right? Which was such a mess. Now I use a word or two to describe what I'm looking for. And there it is. It pops up every time. So let's say I create a note on some podcast ideas that I have about different episodes that I could record. Okay. So I can do this using the Bear app on my phone, on my Apple watch. I use the watch face modular, my MacBook or my iPad. I can do it anyway, anywhere, but let's say there's some overlap because I'm also writing articles about these various things. So I want to make sure that the information that I put on that note, I can pull up when I'm not specifically looking for a podcast idea. So for example, let's say that I'm thinking of a podcast episode on RSD or rejection sensitive dysphoria, right? Or I could call it emotional dysregulation, right? All of those overlap. When I used to use Apple Notes, I would have to figure out which file to put it in. Do I create a file on podcast topics? Do I create a file on RSD? Or does it need to say rejection sensitive dysphoria? Or does it need to say emotional dysregulation? So I would end up creating three or four separate files so that I could find this note. If I have to think about what folder I might have to put something in first, It just makes me anxious all the time. Like I'm going to lose that note because I don't organize things like a linear brain does. I really struggle with that question of now, what folder should I put things in? So I'll find it when I need it. And depending on the day, I don't always decide to put things in the same folder, right? Now, a neurotypical brain will listen to this and they'll think, what the hell is she talking about? But if you too have a nonlinear brain, you'll know what I mean. It's almost like I feel my way through life. So if I have to figure out what file something is in, I almost have to get into my body first. And then that leads me to how I was feeling when I organized the file, which then takes me to the correct file, which just takes way too much time, right? And that's the beauty of Bear. There are no files. I type out my note. I don't even have to hashtag it. Months later, all I have to do is search for podcasts, emotional dysregulation, RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria, whatever I put into the note. And it'll come up under all of those things just by searching. So it gets rid of the whole angst about what file to put the note in, which is huge for me. It also syncs with my MacBook, my iPad, my iPhone, and my Apple Watch. As I mentioned, I have the complication on um, the modular watch face. So I have the bare 
complication on my um, modular watch face. So the watch face that I chose for my Apple Watch is called modular. And then down at the bottom, I have the little bear icon on my watch face. So wherever I am, I can take a quick note using my voice. And remember, the big question is, can I get in and get out of it quickly? With Bear, it's really easy to do that. And so I use it. I use it every single day. Let me give you one other example. As I mentioned, I would add information to the contacts on my phone. And this would include paint colors. Yeah. Every time I upgraded my phone, they would all get wiped out, meaning I never knew what paint colors we used in what part of the house, which was such a nightmare. I could never touch up anything or match anything because I had no idea what the color was. And that was my life. I was constantly trying to find things and I never knew where they were. So when my kids, I'm not sure which kid, I can't remember, but when they were in high school, one of them, they had a party and someone ripped the toilet paper holder off of the um, bathroom wall in the barn. Lovely, isn't it? And the bathroom wall was painted this shade of blue. It's been sitting there patched. So we have this big white spot for probably about two years now because I have no idea what color the paint is. And I'll pull out the Benjamin Moore fan that has all the, you know, the, all the different colors on it. And I'll sort of think I've matched it. And then I put it down and I forget. And so the fan's just been sitting there for who knows how long. I actually went and picked a paint color that I thought it was. Went to Benjamin Moore, got one of those little $6, you know, sample cans. <laughs> that was a couple of weeks ago. It's still sitting up there in the bathroom and I haven't done it yet. And so it's all of this, which just makes my life difficult, right? If I had the paint color, I would have just gone and gotten the paint color. And now it's so many years later, it's probably faded to the point where no paint's going to match. So anyway... Here I am thinking, did I put the paint colors in Apple Notes? Did the, were they in my contacts? Did they get wiped out in my contacts? Did I have them in an email? Or maybe I had it in a message on Facebook. I don't know. And it was like that with everything, right? So now all my notes, all my directions, my menus from holiday dinners, articles I wanted to save, books I wanted to read, a restaurant I want to try, or that's something that I saw in Shark Tank that I want to buy as a birthday gift for someone, right? It all goes into Bear. I even put words in Bear that I always forget, or the three things that make up a certain theory that I always seem to forget as well. Literally anything. You could put links. You can put the name of someone you just met with a photo of their business card. Anything at all that I want to remember way down the road, Let's say my son tells me about something he'd love to have. I put it in bear under his name and gifts. And six months later, when his birthday comes up, I have a list of things that is much more thoughtful than just buying any old thing just to give a birthday gift, right? I think it's $15 a year. It's only available. I'm so sorry for the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac, and the Apple Watch. I have contacted them so many times asking when they're going to make a version um, for, you know, the PC, Androids. And I know they were working on it. And I think my recollection is the last time I checked in with them, they said that they're just sticking with the iPhone. So I don't know what happened. However, I have been told that Evernote is now pretty comparable for the PC, Android, that you don't need to hashtag things that you can search. Again, 
I don't have a PC. I don't have an Android phone. So if someone tests it out, if you could get back to me and just let me know if it works and it does everything that I'm telling you Bear does, I'd love to know. And by the way, just this is kind of an offshoot. Do you all know that there's a, so again, I'm talking about I'm on my MacBook, but I believe you can do the same thing on your PC. There's a little magnifying glass up at the top right hand side of your computer screen. That's a search icon and it allows you to search for anything on your computer. Yeah. And I didn't know about that until I think it was two years ago. So anyway, if you go to that little search icon and you type in bear, the app pops up and it's a super intuitive and easy way to get in and out of whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever application. Okay. So number two, you've heard about this before as well, the Apple watch, and I'm not going to make this long. We have a separate podcast on the Apple watch that I know I have to update, but as far as I'm concerned, it is the best piece of technology I have ever purchased for my ADHD brain. Okay. And we know there's an Android option that I've been told is fantastic as well called the Samsung Galaxy. I set alarms, timers, and reminders every single day using my Apple Watch. I no longer burn food that I forget I'm cooking or wash the laundry three times before it gets out of the laundry room. The alarms and the reminders have labels so you can remember what they're for. The timers, however, don't. The Apple Watch, it doesn't have an irritating kind of shrillish alarm, which would drive me nuts. Instead, it uses something called haptic feedback, which the best way I can describe it is like your favorite cute herding dog just coming over and kind of nudging you gently. It's different than if your spouse was nagging you, right? And you can snooze the alarm, but never dismiss it with the idea that you'll get to it in a minute, because I promise you, you're going to forget. I will only dismiss an alarm when the thing is actually done, but I do snooze the alarms a lot. So just this is worth the cost of the Apple Watch alone. Get this. You know how you're running all over the house looking for the phone only to find it in the seat cushions, under your paperwork or in your hand? Yeah, I've done that. There is a find your phone feature on the Apple Watch. You just swipe up and hit the phone icon and it dings. I have literally lost my phone in the garden. I planted it. Yeah, I did. I'm not lying. And I was like, where is my phone? I was looking everywhere for it. I pinged it and there it was in the ground. Yeah, I would have never found my phone if I didn't have the Apple Watch, okay, in that one instance. So there's also a flashlight on the watch. So if you're trying to get your keys in a door lock in the dark, you're set. There's a walkie-talkie app that comes with the phone, and it's great for family communication. We ping each other for simple questions, even across the country. There's a world clock, and I love this. So I have assistants in different parts of the world, and I often have no idea of time. I don't have any idea of time in my own time zone, right? Some of them I've worked with for years, but I still don't know what time it is in their part of the world. Now I click on the little complication I'm on. So again, whenever I say complication, it just means application that is sitting on my, my modular um, 
Apple Watch face. So I chose the modular uh, face because it's clean and simple. And there's a little complication, which is a little icon for the world clock on my Apple Watch. And um, I swipe up on it and I can see all the cities in the world that I need to know what time it is um, in those cities right then and there. So my son was in London recently and I could just swipe up on the little um, world clock and I knew exactly what time it was um, in London and I knew, okay, it's too early to call him or it's too late to call him. It's just, it just makes life so much easier than constantly having, having to Google what time is it in London or what time is it in Manila, right? There's also a Maps app, which tells me when I need to turn right or left while I'm driving. So following the mapping directions on my phone makes me way too anxious while I'm driving versus if the application is literally vibrating, doing that haptic feedback thing on my wrist, and it will tell me, turn right, turn left, keep driving. That just is so much easier for me to follow directions um, from. There is on my watch too, um, there is a, um, on my Apple watch, there's also an app called Fantastical that's kind of expensive. I think I pay $49 a year for it, but it's the only way. So Apple and Google do not play nicely together. You know, they're always competing. So what the Fantastical app does is it syncs my Google calendar into the middle of my momentum watch face. So I look down and I know exactly what meeting is coming up. I love it. And then the way that Google Calendar syncs, well, wait a minute, let me think about this. So what happens is the app Fantastical syncs my Google Calendar into the middle of the momentum watch face. Google Calendar also sends me an announcement, um, a reminder, excuse me, 10 minutes before every meeting. And then I've also synced my Google Calendar with my A-L-E-X-A. I tried to do it with Google Home. It does not work. So 10 minutes before every meeting, there is an announcement that says in 10 minutes, you will be meeting with X. And I love that. Those three things mean that I don't miss meetings ever anymore. So the last thing I want to say about the Apple Watch is you do not need the newest one. I think the seven is now out. I think I've got the six and the seven is $400 for the GPS version. You can buy the three and get everything that you need. And the three, I believe is $199. You don't need all the fancy health applications and you certainly don't need the cellular uh, watch. You could just buy the regular GPS one. It truly is life changing. I honestly feel like I've got, like I said, that sweet little, you know, um, herding dog that's just kind of moving me through life, making sure that I show up when I need to show up, making sure that I don't burn food and I remember what I was doing while I was doing it and took a one second rest, right? I love it. Okay. Number three, multiple desktops. So, you know what your desktop is on your computer, right? It's the first screen you save um, you save to it, right? So if you're anything like me, it gets pretty crowded and messy. And often I'm working in an application or creating a document in Google Docs or I'm on the web and suddenly I can't find my file, my document, my web page, whatever, because I usually have so much crap open 
that it's all on top of each other. And I'm scared to close these windows because then I'm going to forget that I need to buy that thing on Amazon or I promise to read that article. You get me, right? You know what I'm talking about. So I'm telling you those times when I wake up in the morning and my computer has restarted, I'm actually relieved because it wipes everything out. It's almost like the computer is saying enough already. You're now messing with my brain and I have no bandwidth, memory, whatever they call it, left to give to you. And so I've got all this stuff open and I can't buy my document. And so I have to close everything. And there it is at the very bottom. Does that happen to you? So if you don't already know about this, you're going to love it because all you have to do is press the F3 key on your keyboard. Again, I'm talking about a MacBook. I'm sorry. Press F3 on your keyboard and you're going to discover that the Mac has multiple desktops. The reason I often couldn't find things is because I had three desktops open and I didn't even know about it. So this multiple desktop is also so helpful because, for example, you can create a desktop that's just for personal, right? And then you can create one that's your main business. And then you create one that's for your side business. So no desktop is so cluttered that it's not useful. And you can switch between the personal and the business and it's probably the best way to do it, right? So you're not getting even more distracted and then trying to find, okay, where is that tab that I had open that is business and I'm pulling up all this personal stuff. It just makes me nuts. Now, I understand that the PC in Windows has a multiple desktop option as well. So I am sure there are listeners that are literally rolling their eyes right now you know, stop it, or I'm going to ask you what floppy disks are or how an answering machine or a pager works, right? Multiple desktops, and I can only store so much in my brain. Okay, this next one, all of these are my favorites, right? All of them are like, if I didn't have them, I don't even know how I'd get through the day. So number four is tab resize. Now, this is a Chrome app that works for everyone. And what it does is it splits your screen into various layouts. Most of the time, I just use it to split my screen down the middle so that I can, for example, use the left side to search Google while on the right side, writing in a Google Doc. So when I'm creating my newsletter, what I do is I sometimes split my... So I have two screens open, but this will split your screen. Excuse me. I have a big um, monitor to the left of my laptop, tab resize um, can work on my big monitor, but it can also work on my laptop. So for example, if I'm in a coffee shop and I'm creating a newsletter, what I'll do is I'll sometimes split my screen in quadrants. So my laptop screen. So what I'm saying is there are four separate screens open all next to each other, right? In a think of a, um, a quadrant. So there's, you know, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. It's split into fourths. And so what that means is that I can, and these are four separate screens. So I can have my newsletter application up in one quadrant, our Facebook group up in another one so that I can find posts that I think you'd be interested in and then place them into the newsletter. Then in the third quadrant, I can have Canva up which is the graphics program that I use. And that way I can search for graphics that will work with the newsletter while looking at the newsletter, right? And then, then, then in the fourth quadrant, I might have Lipson up, which is where my podcast is hosted so that I can pull in links or look at stats that are relevant. Now, this is a game-changing hack. 
As I mentioned, I have a separate 27 inch Thunderbolt screen. If you're running any kind of business, you need a separate monitor. It literally changed my life. I should say, if you are in any kind of business, you need a separate monitor. I don't care if it's an entrepreneurial venture or if you're working for someone. Having that separate monitor literally changed my life. And I'm going to tell you why. A separate monitor and tab resize is so good for my brain. It's because the reason it works so well is because I don't have to go outside of the four corners of my screen. Everything is right there. Whereas before, I would have to leave the screen I was on to go find my Canva app or my Libsyn or my Facebook group. And it just got so painful trying to remember what the hell I was trying to do because of all the back and forth. I was much more likely to get sidetracked, right? And end up fighting with, oh, I don't know, someone on Twitter or I would be on Facebook or I would be Googling, you know, new things to buy, like just everything that I shouldn't be doing. Having everything there on the four screens, four corners of my screen, not having to leave to go find something really has improved my focus and therefore my speed in getting things done. I love T tab resize. It's free. As I said, it's a Chrome app. So it works with a PC and Windows as well. And anybody can get a separate monitor. You need a separate monitor. Okay. Number five superhuman. So they call this designer email. And I'm going to tell you, it's not cheap. I pay $30 a month for it. But before you judge, listen, I am finally at inbox zero. I may not be there during the week, but I'm always there by the end of the week, which never happened before. <laughs> In my Gmail, Oh, it was totally regular for me to have 10 or 15,000 emails in there that I'd never opened. And so I would see that number, you know, and it just kept growing and it just created anxiety. Now I use superhuman. Superhuman is calm. It's clean. It's simple. It's pretty. I just love it aesthetically. It calms me down. I'm not stressed out to go into my emails anymore. There's a social media panel and links that sit to the right of the email. And because I get a lot of messages from people I don't know, I love this because what it does is it pulls in their social accounts. So I know who I'm talking to, who emailed me and who I'm responding to. Right. I have no idea how superhuman does this, but it is set up to only send me emails I care about, emails that I need to know about. And I have no idea how it knows this, but it gets better and better the longer you use it. At the beginning, I did have to go in and check my other email box, you know, my email inbox, because every once in a while there was an important message in that box, but it has eliminated all of the garbage emails. And now that it knows who's important and who's not important, I would say the accuracy is 98%. I would say once a week, I go back in and I just look to check and make sure that there are no emails that I should have known about, I should have responded to that ended up in my other inbox. But honestly, I haven't done that in a couple of weeks because it it's just starting to bat. Is, is perfect batting average 300? Well, anyway, it's starting to, to bat at, at, 
blah, 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 it's starting to bat at perfection. I don't even know if I can say that, but that's what it feels like. Um, it's basically eliminated all of the garbage emails. And, and I tried, you know, and I even had my assistant go into my email inbox. And, you know, um, when I first onboarded her in, she literally spent several months just trying to delete old emails and trying to get off of people's mailing lists. And I still could not get on top of it. This is the only time I have ever been on top of email. So what I have in Superhuman is um, four email inboxes, my important emails, my calendar emails. I have a VIP section, which is um, everyone that I'm working with. And then I have an other section. I also have a news section, but I never go in there. I love the calendar inbox because I have a lot of appointments during my days, throughout my weeks, a lot of Zoom meetings, et cetera. Everything related to events and appointments automatically goes to that calendar inbox, which means, I don't know about you, but when I'm frenetically flying into my chair one minute before the meeting's supposed to start, I can just go to my calendar inbox and there are the links for the appointments right there. You know, what was so great about Superhuman too is you actually have a human who helps you set up Superhuman at the beginning. And I'll be honest, for the first couple of days, I was going to dump it every day because it didn't feel intuitive. I was just so used to working the way I'd been working, you know, kind of cobbling together my life on Gmail. So my human told me, do not open your Gmail for three days. And if you do that, you're going to be forced to learn. So I finally listened to her and I have not gone back to Gmail since. Now, I still, that's not true. I just realized I still do have to use Gmail when I have big files that I need to send. For example, my podcast file that goes to my podcast editor, that email, I always have to send through Gmail, but all of my other emails, um, I use superhuman. The thing about superhuman too, is you can set up templates that are ready to go for certain kinds of emails that I get a lot, which saves me so much time and allows me to spend more time on the personal words in my emails rather than, you know, the filler stuff that anybody could tell that person, right? That recipient of that email. It also shows me when people read my email, it allows me to remind myself, I love this. I love this. This is probably why I'm at inbox zero. It allows me to remind myself to respond and check to see if the person has responded, right? So all I have to do is let's say I send out an email and someone responds back and I don't need to do anything other than maybe check in to make sure that they've responded or I was supposed to do something that I did that thing. So all I have to do is I hit command K and then I tell it to ping or boomerang that email back to me at a certain date or time. This is why I'm at inbox zero. I feel like I have so much more control over my email inbox versus before I would just keep that email in my inbox to make sure I didn't forget. But then there were so many emails in my inbox. I, I didn't even look at it. So I did forget versus getting it out of my inbox and then having it ping back to me when it's important, when it's, you know, like, let's say, oh, I said I was going to respond in three days that it pings back to me and I know, okay, I need to deal with this email right now. 
I can also get it to send messages at a certain time. So the message is less likely to get lost. If, for example, I'm sending an email late at night or to an overseas recipient, right? I can also undo send. Um, I think Gmail can do that. You know, there's a lot of things actually that I know uh, Gmail can do. One of my coaching clients really struggled with the email, but her company required that she use Outlook. So I told her about Superhuman. She's like, I want to be able to use these features. So she went ahead and did some research and she implemented several of the Superhuman options on Outlook. So check whatever email program you're using and see if you can um, institute some of these options on that email program that you're currently using. For me though, again, I had Gmail. I know there were a lot of things Gmail does that I could have you know, figured out. Well, I couldn't figure it out, right? I tried, I tried to set up, it was set it up. It was just so overwhelming. And what I love about Superhuman is it just gives you all these options in a way that is so clean and so simple and so user-friendly. And you know, once I got used to it, it's just what I use. And that $30 a month is worth it to me. May not be worth it to you. You may be totally on top of the emails. For me, it's just such a better way to start my day. I don't look at my email with this feeling of, oh my gosh, it's trying to choke and strangle me, right? I feel like I'm on top of it for once in my life. So whether or not, again, you use Superhuman, check your own email program to see if you can set up any of these features um, in your own email, that may be good enough for you. And I will have a link in the show notes for um, Superhuman. And Superhuman, you know, there is an affiliate link. I'm not sure if I'm going to post an affiliate link or not, but I will know if if it is an affiliate link. And I think what happens is, I think you get a free month and I get a free month if you join. But again, I'm not sure if I'm going to post that or not. I haven't decided yet. Okay, so number six, the Remarkable 2 tablet. Now, I use the Remarkable tablet for all of my notes. I still use Post-it notes, not a, not a whole lot, not the way I used to use them, but I do have a stack of, I do have a Post-it note, you know, a new stack on my desk. And every once in a while, when I need to note something really quickly, I, and I'm sitting at my desk and there's a my Muji pencil there, I will wrote, write notes on Post-it notes. So I don't want to... I don't want you to think that I don't take any notes at all other than on my Remarkable tablet. That's not true. But if I am writing anything of sub substance, like I'm taking notes in a meeting, I like to use it with coaching clients. Um, if I'm creating an outline of something I'm writing, if I'm drawing a doodle to remember something, it is on my Remarkable tablet. And I have to be honest with you, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with the Remarkable. I was ready retur to return it for the first month because it's expensive. I think I spent $700 for the tablet, pencil, and like a cover for it. But this is why I decided that it's on my list of favorite ADHD resources. I used to have notebooks all over the place. I used to have sheets of paper with handwriting everywhere, and I couldn't find anything. Now everything is in one place. It is all in my Remarkable 2 tablet. Now, I still write most everything in Google Drive. So meaning when I'm, you know, like when I'm working on um, a podcast episode, all of that goes in Google Drive. I do not use my Remarkable 2 for that. 
When I use my Remarkable 2 is for everything that I handwrite. In a meeting, the way I concentrate, the way I focus is to write, but it has to be handwrite. I can't type it into a computer. I tried to do that on Bear. It didn't work for me. But now that I have my Remarkable 2, I and I've been using it for, I think, over a year now. I always know where all my notes are. And I wish that it was like the Bear app where I could just search for anything. I cannot. I can only search for notebook names. I find the filing system cumbersome, but I keep coming back to it because, again, it is all in one place and it's fairly lightweight. I can bring it with me everywhere. I don't have to bring these stacks of notebooks. And the truth of the matter is when I was writing, taking notes in notebooks, if I ever had to actually go back and find anything, it was a bloody nightmare. I couldn't find things. And if I could, it would literally take me sometimes, you know, hours versus in my uh, remarkable tablet. Yes, it may take me some time to find things, but I always find it. What I should also let you know is the Remarkable 2 tablet also converts handwritten notes into text, which you can then easily share um, from your tablet. It integrates with Google Drive, Dropbox, Microsoft OneDrive. You can upload PDFs and then take notes directly on them. So you might be asking, well, why is this different than your iPad? Well, it's much less distracting. It's black and white. And the only thing it's for is to take handwritten notes. I no longer have to find what notebook was this document in or that document in. It's all in my remarkable um, tablet organized by name. So I have a file, for example, for my AOK 6.0 students, right? I'll have an AOK 6.0 file. And then um, underneath that file, I will have notebooks with um, students' names that, oh, I don't know, I've, I've worked with or they seem to be struggling. And so I want to make sure that I stay on top of where they are. And I am one of these people that I really struggle with names, like remembering what name went to what face. But if I have some notes, if I have the name and I have some notes around, oh, well, they talked about this. Or I'm able to see their face, right? Then right away, I know exactly who they are. But, you know, for example, in AOK, if there's three Andreas, I struggle to remember which Andrea is which until I actually see them, I hear their voice, or I have some notes on what it was that we talked about. Then I totally remember them. So that's how I organize um, my students. Um, I'll organize it by the, you know, different office hours that are part of AOK 6.0. I'll have a different page for every single office hours. What I also love about the Remarkable tablet is it has two weeks of battery life. So it's not something, my iPad, my iPad loses its juice or its battery. If I'm, you know, on it for a couple hours, it's gone versus the Remarkable tablet. It, it lasts for, for weeks, literally. So I love it. I wish there were things that it would do better. I wish it was easier to organize things. I wish it didn't have a filing system. There are a lot of things that I wish. I wish I could get in and out of it a little faster. So it's, um, you know, I'll forget that, oh, I need to be taking notes and I'll be in a meeting and I want to open it up and you have to turn it on and it takes, you know, a few seconds to warm up and then I have to go find the file. Um, I wish there was a way that I could literally just speak into it or I could just put one word and it would just find it. It will find what you call 
the files and what you call the notebooks. You can search for those, but you cannot search inside of those. And that's what I wish it would do. Okay. Number seven. This one is huge. I love this one. It's called quickie sticky. Okay. So one of my issues is that I would be somewhere or I'd be working out and I'd have this great thought of something I needed to take care of or something that I wanted to remember to implement or something that I suddenly realized that, oh, I need to buy this. I just wanted to find a way to remind myself so it would be front and center and it was really quick, right? Because I wasn't in front of my computer with a pen and a post-it note. So what I would do is I would send an audio clip to Bear which works because, you know, it's on my Apple watch and I could just click the little bear icon and I could send myself an audio clip, but then I'd have to remember to go to bear. And I didn't always remember to do that. And sometimes these messages were really important. I needed to address them immediately. Other times I would send messages to myself using email or I text myself, but again, I'd have to remember to check my emails and my texts, which sometimes I would forget to do. I'm pretty good at emails, um, especially when I'm at my desk. When I'm at my desk, I'm great with emails, but when I'm not, I'm not so good. And so this was the struggle. Okay, enter Quickie Sticky. This again, it's an iPhone application. However, there are millions of them. And so I know you can find one for your Android. For the iPhone, I downloaded many, I tested them all out, and this one was the one that I liked the best. Why? Because it was intuitive, and it was easy to understand, and it was easy in, easy out, which is always what I need, right? It's what we need. So this is what it lets you do. You create a widget on the home screen of your phone, and you can pick your color, your font, your font size. I created one that looks like a giant yellow post-it note. So every time I open up my phone, which, you know, if you're anything like me, you're opening up your phone a lot, right? Every time I open my phone, there it is. So on this little giant, what looks like a giant post-it note that's at, you know, on the home screen of your phone, you have the option of writing something with your finger that looks like you took a Sharpie to a post-it note. You can type it if you want to create something clean and neat with more text, like a list of things you want to buy at the grocery store. Even better, you can set a reminder. So at 5, 10 p.m. when you're leaving your office and preparing to drive home because you forgot that you need to stop at the grocery store, a little reminder pops up to check your notes. When I open it, a giant post-it note pops up on my screen with my grocery list. It's simple. It's intuitive. It's big because you can pretty much set it as big as you want. And I love that about it. The only way it could be better is if you could speak it into your Apple Watch and it would show up there. I could not find one of these sticky note apps that worked on your iPhone and an Apple Watch. Actually, I think there might've been one, but it was so intuitive, I couldn't figure out how to use it. And now I'm not sure if that even was, um, if that's even true, if there even was one. And by the way, you can record an audio clip, you can add a photo, Or as I said, you can type out your note or you can draw with your finger. I like this particular app, Quickie Sticky, because of all the options. And um, again, I will have the links to all of these in the show notes. Quickie Sticky is spelled Q-U-I-C-K-Y, Sticky, S-T-I-C-K-Y. Okay, what is my number eight best ADHD resource? This one is my absolute favorite of the year so far. And the only reason it's not higher, because it's about one thing and one thing only. It's about reading. 
I am reading so much because of it. That is the Kindle. I know I spoke about it in an earlier episode this year. I started using it not even two months ago, and I've read five books completely, and I have another three that are almost done. I pretty much only read nonfiction that is business-related, so almost exclusively about mental health. However, since getting the Kindle, I have discovered that I love investigative journalism. I just finished Bad Blood, which is about um, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. She's the uh, 19-year-old who dropped out of Stanford and got all the titans of industry and politics on her board when, in fact, her medical health technology company was just a massive fraud. I love that book so much that I was disappointed when I finished it. It's so much better than any of the, I don't know, the series that are on television right now. It's better than the documentary, too. So I also just started Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. He's the one who brought down Harvey Weinstein. But so far, I don't like it as much, probably because the subject matter is so much more disturbing. So if anyone can recommend a book that they love that's similar to Bad Blood, please message me. Okay, so I talked about the Kindle recently in episode 165. Um, I went into a lot of depth, so I'm not going to get into that level of detail here. But if you want to read more, I cannot rave enough about the Kindle. I suggest the cheaper one, which is just the basic one. If you buy it without ads, um, I think it's $110. It's smaller, it's lighter, so it just fits in a woman's hand so much better. I did not like the, um, the Paperwhite, the newest version at all. I gave it to my son. So why do I love this Kindle so much? Number one, it literally takes all the resistance out of reading. And isn't that what we need to do? Whatever it is that we want, that we want to happen, that we want to do more of, we need to figure out a way to get rid of the resistance. So how am I able to get the resistance out of reading with the Kindle? Well, I can set the font size and the line spacing to whatever is comfortable. And there's something about the act of swiping from page to page that keeps me engaged because it happens so often, unlike a book, which I can never keep my place. And the whole time I'm thinking, when can I turn the page? And then I lose focus and I'm, it's just boring versus the swiping keeps me engaged, keeps me focused, keeps me happy, keeps me feeling successful, right? So it keeps me in positive emotion. I'm like, I can do this. And it helps me focus on just what it is that I'm reading right then and there without making me even think about, oh my gosh, you're only at the beginning of the page or you're only in the middle of the page, you know, or look at the other page on the other side. It's just when I'm reading a book, it seems like it's so slow. And then the act of, you know, holding the book too. So we always want the big picture, right? Well, on the Kindle, what I've also been able to do is I set it so I know how many minutes I have left to finish the chapter. And then I know what percent of the, of the book I've already read. So it makes me feel more successful. It's also small and light. So I take it everywhere. Whenever I have a spare moment, I'm in line, I'm waiting. I now read instead of spending time on social media. This means I am reading so much more. When I get into bed, it's so easy to read. The light isn't bright, so it doesn't disrupt my ability to get to sleep. Yet I can turn the light off, you know, like the right, not the light on the Kindle, but the light on my nightstand. So 
Again, it just removes the resistance. It's light. It's easy to hold. Now, if you ask me, well, again, what's the difference between my iPad and my Kindle? Well, my iPad is a friggin' brick. I could never hold it in my hands and read for more than a few minutes. Even a book, you know, is too heavy, which is why I don't want to go to bed with a book because then it's just too much effort. The iPad is also in color versus the Kindle, again, which is black and white. So the iPad is more distracting because of that. I can also very easily get onto the web and social media with the Kindle. I can do that on my phone too, right? With the Kindle, the only place you can go is to the Kindle store to buy more books. And I'm just not going to do that because I've got so many books already in my Kindle that I need to read. Get this, with the Kindle, I can also highlight passages as I read. So granted, you're highlighting them in black and white. I wish I could highlight in yellow, but I can highlight these passages while I'm reading. If there's a word I don't recognize, I can click on it and I'm taken right to the definition. If I type the word into Google on my phone, well, you know, I'd never come back. Something else would grab my attention. I now wake up really early on weekends. I put the fire on because it's still, well, it's spring here. Well, it's almost, it is spring here, but it's still cold in the morning, right? So I put the fire on and I read for a couple of hours before anyone gets up. I just love it. It's become my favorite time of the day. So number nine on my best of ADHD resources is an application that syncs with my Kindle and it's called Readwise. So I connected my Kindle to this app called Readwise because one of my complaints about reading is I felt like I read the book and then I forgot about what I learned. With Readwise, I've been able to integrate my learning. So how did I do that? So you can set Readwise up to pull your highlights from the various books you've read and then send you your highlights randomly via email. So I've set it up where it sends me an email in the morning and in the late afternoon. And in that email, I've set it so it sends me five highlights from books that I've finished. Because I'm constantly refreshing my knowledge with books that I've read several weeks ago by reviewing these highlights, I'm better remembering what it was that I learned from the book that I read. Readwise is also a much better way to organize everything I've highlighted as I'm reading. So if I want to review my highlights so that I can integrate them into an article that I'm writing, I can tag them according to subject and then print them out all in one document. Before, I'd have highlights and tabs all over my physical books, but in truth, I rarely went back to organize them so that they were easy to read. It was a nightmare, right? One other thing in the Kindle, I can make notes of things I want to remember that I can add to my highlights. Readwise will pull up that note under the highlight and then I can leave it alone. I can edit it. I can add to it. I can add tags. So for example, I'm reading a fantastic book by Alan Francis, who was the doctor who chaired the DSM-4 task force. And it's all about out-of-control psychiatric diagnoses, big pharma, and the medicalization of ordinary life. And so I decided that I wanted to tag certain highlights by diagnoses. So for example, I use the tags ADHD, bipolar disorder, I think I said bipolar, schizophrenia, etc. So I could go back and search using those tags so it's great for organizing research. Look, it's been a huge confidence boost to see the 
big pile of books on my coffee table start to get less and less because I'm finally reading them on my Kindle. And not just a few pages, not just a few chapters, but literally from start to finish. I can't believe I can do this. I'm also learning so much more, which is really firing all those good neurochemicals. It's giving me so many more ideas and I feel so much better at the end of the day when I'm more actively participating in what I'm taking in rather than just mindlessly scrolling Twitter or watching Dateline on television, right? I don't know what the deal is with the ADHD brain in these murder shows. I guess it's the intensity and trying to figure out who did it. Although, come on, it's always the spouse or the significant other, right? Still, it's not a good way to end the day, right? We do not need to end our day with deadline, a dateline in 2020. Anyway, I love the Kindle. It is so efficient in every way. It is removing all of my resistance around reading. And it's also cheaper, right? It's cheaper to buy a Kindle book versus a physical book. It's better for the environment, right? And when I travel, I bring my light little Kindle. It literally fits in my dinky little bag. It is so tiny and light, but you got to buy the older version. Do not buy the newer one, which is too heavy for a woman's hand. And I'm strong, but it's, it's too heavy and too big. I hate it. Anyway, so the, the Kindle is cheaper, right? Buying books on the Kindle is cheaper. And when I travel, I bring my light little Kindle instead of a million books because I know you're like me and I never am sure what am I actually going to want to read once I'm there. Well, now I just bring all the books. They're all in my little Kindle. Now, Readwise um, is not cheap, but I think it's worth every penny because I suddenly feel like I'm finally in control of my learning. I think Readwise is $95 a year, and I'll post a link to that as well. Okay, number 10, we're getting to the end. I can't remember how many did I do. I think I did 12. Yeah, I've got 12, so we're getting close. Um, number 10, this is a huge hack, clackers. So I talked about clackers last week in my podcast that was all about dental health. So we talked about teeth grinding and bruxism and TMJD, you know, where your, your jaw locks and it's really sore. We talked about crowns and root canals and just dental health and ADHD. So if you struggle with flossing, these placards are a godsend. So what they are is individual plastic pick like things that have a little piece of floss at the end. And the way they're shaped makes flossing so easy. Again, there's no prep, so there's no resistance. I was saying last week that I have a very small mouth, believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe. And so because my mouth is small, it's really hard to get the floss to the back teeth. Here with these placards, it's simple and very low resistance. You just stick the little pick in between your teeth that's all ready to go. You floss away and you just throw it out. I never miss a day because it is so easy. Honestly, I tend to floss twice a day now. Now they're all mint. Um, and so if you have, you know, um, sensitivity, you may not like the mint, but I, as I said last week, the mint is, um, it's not very strong at all. And last week I was complaining about the fact that they're plastic, so they're not environmentally friendly, which makes me feel guilty every time I use them. Well, guess what? I just went on their website and they now have placards that are made from recycled plastic. So we have no more excuses. We can do this. Take care of your dental health. Placards changed my, um, well, they changed my dental health because 
guess what? I'm finally doing it versus before I would literally floss like mm, I'd start a few days before I had to go to the dentist and suddenly I was flossing and my teeth would bleed. And then I would go to the dentist and he'd be like, you're not flossing. Your teeth are, you know, bleeding. And I'm like, no, it's just my gums. I floss. So I basically lied to the dentist. Okay. So what's number 11? Downy Wrinkle Releaser. So this one is from my brilliant friend, Francesca Rizzo. She has the best ideas and suggestions. She told me about this, so I don't know, two years ago. So Downy Wrinkle Releaser is a spray that literally smooths out wrinkles. And I swear to you, it works. I rarely, if ever, iron anything anymore. I just spray the garment and then I smooth that out with my hands and the wrinkles magically disappear. Now, if you wear linen and you're used to a, which I do, I wear a lot of linen. And if you're used to that starch, perfectly flat ironed look, this is not going to do it. But anything short of that, it totally works. So now I don't iron my linen anymore. I spray it with downy uh, wrinkle releaser and um, the big wrinkles are gone. But it, I'll be honest, it doesn't have that starch perfect look, but come on. The minute we walk out and we sit anywhere, we're all wrinkled again, right? So I actually like the downy wrinkle releaser option much better. Okay, my final one is uh, number 12, Kajabi. So the final thing that I wanted to tell you about is for you entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of us with ADHD have businesses and this application literally turned my business life around. If you are not entrepreneurial, if you don't run an online business, you can stop the podcast right here. If you do, however, you know, like so many of us with ADHD, I have always had a business. I was, I've always been running a business. I'm entrepreneurial since I was eight years old. I had a high-end women's wear company where 60% of our business was Saks, Neiman's and Nordstrom. I had a real estate brokerage, a little aerobics company. I've always had something. And six years ago, I started an online business that revolved around my patented cartography system. This is what my program, Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, was built from. And I got to tell you, that business totally knocked the wind out of me. Running an online business is very different than an offline business. There is so much to know. There is so much to learn. There's so much to do. And it never stops. It really sucked. And I started to wonder, what was wrong with me? Why could I run a business before, but all of a sudden I couldn't do it anymore? And I think that this is really common among those of us with ADHD brains. When I had my designer women's wear company, it was a hell of a lot of work, but it was doable. We had four seasons we had to design for. We created samples to take to shows for the major markets. In order to get buyers to the shows, we would put models in the samples. We would have photos taken. We would create, well, we wouldn't, but our, our graphics people would create a postcard with information, which we would then send to the buyers. We created books with line drawings of each style, what sizes, what fabrics they were offered in. It was a lot of work, but it made sense. The online world does not make that kind of sense. It is so overwhelming. Again, there was so much to learn, know, and do, and I was convinced I needed it all, and it all moved so quickly. So if you have the kind of brain that likes shiny things, there was always something new to look at, and I found myself researching everything, paying for all kinds of things I thought I needed, but I didn't. I just ran around constantly chasing my tail, right? Convinced that this next big thing, this was the be all, this was the end all. So in the summer of 2017, I found myself in such overwhelm. 
not only did I have all these new applications that integrated that I had to pay people to put together for me because I didn't know how to use any of them. But right before a launch, my assistant up and bailed on me. I couldn't even go into my WordPress or Squarespace website. I can't remember which one I was using at the time. I couldn't go into that website and make a simple change. And I just knew I had to start from scratch. I felt so out of control and I knew my brain would not be happy until I knew how to use all of these applications I was paying for because I was so convinced that I needed them. I'll tell you that you cannot delegate successfully until you know how to do what you're delegating. And so that became my mission. That's when a friend of mine who ran her own digital marketing firm, Cindy Ball, told me that she was looking at a platform called Kajabi that was built just for online business owners. I looked at it. I was terrified because it basically meant I had to start over, but I ended up doing it. And I was so grateful that I did. I decided to get rid of my two websites that I couldn't do anything on, my two courses and digital products platforms that I also was unhappy with. At the time, I think I was using Thinkific and Teachable. I got rid of ClickFunnels and Instapages and lead pages, you know, everything to create sales pages and landing pages. The fact that I didn't know how to use any of them is why I was paying for all three. I got rid of ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign, their email automation applications. I now use Active Campaign, but I now need it. I didn't need it before. I couldn't use any of these things. And remember, on top of all those monthly charges, I had to hire programmers and designers, which was an even bigger nightmare. I canceled all of these applications to the tune of $587 a month, and I moved it all to Kajabi, which I think um, was $119 a month, and I think it's still that same price. And I taught myself to use it all. I could now build my own websites, my own landing pages, my own sales pages. I could send out my own newsletters and email campaigns. I could build my own course platform and make changes to my own courses. I'm convinced that the reason I could do all of this is that they had a 24-7 chat, which meant that whenever I needed help, even if I was on hyperfocus working at 3 a.m. in the morning, I could get help. And I knew that that meant that I could teach myself how to do it. My brain does not learn reading directions online. I have to do it. And I have to have someone to communicate with when I get stuck. It is the only way that I can learn. And I can't have someone to communicate with the next day, an hour later. No, I need to have someone to communicate with right then and there in real time. Now, I'm a raver, but I rarely rave, right? My kids make fun of me because they know one of my values is excellence, so I can be kind of tough. But when I'm really happy, I literally cannot shut up about it. I cannot stop raving. And that's how I feel about Kajabi. Now, I'll be straight up that I am an affiliate for Kajabi, but hopefully you know enough about me by now to know that I physically cannot refer something that I'm not completely over the moon about. It is truly because Kajabi gave me back my sanity, my confidence, my belief that I could learn this, that Kajabi gave me back my life. I was literally working on all of these pieces to my business 24-7 and getting nowhere. I have never been that frustrated in my life. And you know me well enough by now to know that aesthetics are really important to me. And so many of the applications I was using, they were just so ugly and so dated. Now, I've used Kajabi only for six years. Very recently, I did move my website over to WordPress. It's 
been kind of a nightmare. <laughs> I won't lie. Um, we started a couple months ago, but the only reason I did that is because we've grown so much that I need direct links to my podcast episodes. Now, I understand, or I think that once I did that, Kajabi then came out and said, oh, you can now have direct links to your podcast episode, but it's too late. I'm there. So all of my programs, however, are still in Kajabi. And I know that had I not been able to build everything six years ago on Kajabi, had it not been all under one roof, a roof that I understood and I could work on, I wouldn't be here today. And so, you know, there would have been no need to move to WordPress because I've grown so much. Kajabi was a complete and total game changer for me. And I didn't think I could actually do all of this on my own, you know, and Kajabi showed me that I could. So I believe in it so much and I'm so passionate about Kajabi that, yeah, I can't shut up about it. And it's the first thing I recommend to every entrepreneur who tells me how frustrated they are with all the systems that they've got going on, none of which that they can actually use. Right. So if you are where I was a couple of years ago, I feel like I'm giving you the best biggest gift by sending you to Kajabi. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email. I'm happy to jump on a call with you to talk to you about it. You can find out more at about Kajabi at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash Kajabi. And that link will give you, I believe it's a free 14 day trial. It is honest to God, the best money that I've spent online bar none. So anyway, that's what I have for you for this week. You can find out more about all of these ADHD resources in our show notes at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash 172. So what did we cover? We covered the Bear app. We covered the Apple Watch. We covered multiple desktops. Tap resize and get a second computer screen. We covered Superhuman, the Remarkable Tablet, the Quickie Sticky app, the Kindle, Readwise, Plackers, Downy Wrinkle Releaser, and Kajabi. And again, all of this will be in, sh in our uh, show notes. So if you like this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you and the fact that you show up here every week. Recording this podcast is one of my most favorite things that I do. So thank you. As always, you're listening to ADHD for smart ass women. Come join me over at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for smart ass women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK -okay system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.